0: what's interesting as we start about this heaven is message series is that makes it a little unique for us at crosswalk this month is I'm going to be the third different speaker in three weeks to talk about heaven and in the same way that uh, in the Bible there are different authors who talk about it there are different pictures that are given even with the, the people that that we kind of interviewed for for the video Uh, they have kind of a a different take on it and and they're not necessarily wrong or, or but they're different very different and I think that's one of the things that that as we we look at what the Bible says about heaven that we need to understand that there is different imagery that is used uh and and these images are not meant to be necessarily snapshots of exactly what heaven will be like because i think it is more than we could ever ask or imagine it's going to be beyond what we know and can comprehend right now but god also wants us to to understand that it's going to be a a wonderful thing so as i talk to people and i don't know why well people are honest with me sometimes even more honest than i want them to be Uh, but but with heaven, it's an interesting one. How many people have told me that they're not necessarily looking forward to heaven? And, and there's a, a number of reasons why. And, and I would say, first of all, that they think it's gonna be like church 24-7. And it's like, just so you guys know, I don't wanna sit in the Chavez auditorium or at home watching or wherever 24-7 either. That to me, that you look at and you think, you know what, that might be just a little bit boring. Well, it's not listening to Pastor Dan for an eternity, so that's good news. But, but there are, are, are things like that, or the harp music, or sitting on a cloud, that, that there's a part of it that is boredom, and then a, a part of it is like, I don't know what I'm gonna do. I, I don't know what that's gonna be like. And so today, as we look in the message, that that if you have a view of heaven that you're like, I don't know, I'm a little skeptical about it. What we're really going to see is that the skeptic, all of those things have in common is a misconception of what heaven is like. It it really is. It's a taking of some of that imagery in a way that maybe you don't relate to. And and we need to work through that, which we'll do today. And so when we think of, of what heaven is going to be like, what what some people then do is try to compare it to something they like the problem is is that we are made so differently that that things we talk about that we love and enjoy um other people probably don't don't like either and so if i were to to say heaven is going to be better than the best thing in earth um as i look at probably one of the the greatest experiences i've had in my life uh, was probably when my wife and I went to Italy for, for two weeks. And it was, we flew from Phoenix to Venice, to Venice. Are you kidding me? We had never even been out of the country. Venice to Florence to Rome to Positano to the Amalfi Coast. It was incredible. And so as I've talked to people about that, there are people who've told me, I'd never want to leave the country. I would never do that. I would hate to be on an airplane for more than an hour or two. Uh, I would never fly across an ocean. What if the plane went down? I could... And when I hear that, I'm like, are you nuts? But maybe you've had that too, that you talk to someone and, and maybe your deal is camping where you're like, oh, I love camping, I love going up on the rim. And there are people like, my idea of camping is like the Holiday Inn. I mean, that's what I like. I, that the idea of camping just sounds so bad. And, and so, whatever it is, there, there's probably a time when you've shared something that you just love, and and someone else thought, "Nah, I don't know about it." Well, I think that's what happens with heaven. When we look at the things about it that seem so great to us, that sometimes they don't resonate with others. But the promise is, the promise of God that it will be heaven for you. Uh, that, that those things, the worries that you have, that you can put those aside, that, that God is not overselling. Jesus is not overselling what heaven will be like. So where we're gonna start is Luke 14, verse 15. And Jesus is having a discussion with uh, a number of individuals. And really, at this time, they're not even talking about heaven necessarily. What he's talking to them about is there's a banquet and he's watching how everyone is taking seats of honor and things like that. And he warns them, you guys, don't try to take that seat of honor because you could get humiliated in in front of people by being asked to go to a different place. So his encouragement, first of all, was for humility is what he's talking about. And then the second thing that he talked about was, if you are going to have a party, if you are going to have a banquet, invite people that you would not normally invite invite he he talks about the poor and and those who are hurting those who need an invitation invite them and and the reason why is is because god is like that that god invites not just uh he doesn't invite the 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 proud and and the arrogant and those who have all these things but god invites the humble And, and we'll look at that in a moment And so it's during this time that one of the the people that he was talking to said this, when one of those at the table with him heard this, he said said to Jesus, blessed is the one who will eat at the feast in the kingdom of God. And those words are very, very, very true words. Blessed, you are blessed. when, When you think about the kingdom of God and the kingdom that is coming, to be someone who can sit at that table, you will be truly blessed. And so in the blank, you can write, heaven is a great place to which God wants me to look forward with anticipation. It's a great place to which God wants me to look forward with anticipation. And I I just wanna take a moment here because anticipation is, is such a, a wonderful gift that God gives us. And I don't know what it is that you uh, anticipate, what you look forward to uh, so much. And, and I mentioned one trip that my wife and I went, went on. We planned that for a year. <laughs> we, we were looking for, that was on our calendar, which is kind of rare for us to put it, uh, it on that calendar and go, We not only enjoyed going, but we enjoyed the year looking, going up to it with that anticipation. Maybe when you were a kid, you were that way with Christmas where you're like, oh my gosh, it's like three weeks away. I can't stand it. Uh, It's so long, but but that anticipation, it builds and builds that excitement, and you are so looking forward to it. And as we think about that with, with heaven, as you think about what your future holds, the reason why it's so important is, because sometimes it's what you need to get you through today. that, that looking towards what God is saying tomorrow can help us in, in difficult times, because this is a, 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 it's a brutal place to live. In the first lesson, it, it, the one filled it, I'm pretty sure, is where it's called Jesus calls it the tribulation. It's like the worst. It's like being in battle for a Christian. It's, it's like all this struggle all the time. And so the anticipation of being able to look towards heaven is, is one, just one gift that God gives us. Now Jesus, after the man says this, he, he agrees with him. Jesus replied, so now he's talking about the kingdom of heaven. Jesus replied, a certain man was preparing a great banquet and invited many guests. At the time of the banquet, he said to his servants to tell those who had been invited, come, for everything is now ready. So now we get one of these images, right? We, we get the image of what heaven is going to be like, and it is going to be like a banquet feast to which people are invited. So the first part we're going to look at is, is heaven as a banquet. And so, what, it, what is it that makes a great banquet, a great reception? The first one, you know these answers. You could probably guess them. First one is you have to have a fun venue, right? And, and now, when again, here, here's where we get in trouble. I think everyone can agree that we want to have a good venue. Now, if you are someone who has ever planned a wedding or are planning it now, you know that there are many different venues that some people would consider good or bad. For me, a good venue is cheap. It's like, I can afford, it's affordable, said no bride ever. <laughs> and so, no, when you, when you think of a venue, there are those who, who might say, I want a beach venue. Um, I was at a wedding last week near Camelback it was incredible it was a such a beautiful venue others might say i don't like that i like simple i like the mountains i like the beach i like wherever it is uh my my daughter that got married a couple of years ago it was like a farm venue with a barn and, and she loved it she thought it was great so when you think of heaven you might have your individual idea of what this menu looks like god describes it as the new jerusalem you know the the gold and the shining and it's and and so as you think about that it's going to be a wonderful place where all of us that all of us can agree on the second thing for a good reception is good food it's a feast it is a good feast and so i know what you're all thinking you know what heaven's gonna look like golden corral that's it and and some of you just threw up in your mouth when i said that <laughs> but no when you hear a feast that there are different people who are diff- thinking all kinds of different things about no i'm thinking about fine french cuisine or no i'm thinking about a hamburger and fries and a shake or whatever it is and and this is but the point is is that it's a feast that there's going to be something there for you that you enjoy and love that will exceed expectation. Uh, And and that's kind of, again, the imagery. The third thing for a good reception is entertainment. And and after I wrote that and I submitted the notes, I, I think I might put an asterisk by that and instead of entertainment or with it, put the word activity. And, and when we think about that is that, that when we're at a place that there is something to do for everyone. So, so that as we are there, that it's not just standing around, sitting around. And, and I saw this uh, yesterday, we had a, a church picnic and a celebration of the Imagine event. And there, it, was, it was the biggest, I think, gathering of crosswalk people that we've had in a long time. And what was, what was fun about it was in the parking lot, we had games set up, there was a place where we, we had food, we talked about ministry for a little while, and then in between it all, people were just mingling and could go wherever they wanted. And, and again, I'm not saying that was heaven, but what I am saying is that there is something to do. We are made, even when Adam and Eve were made for the Garden of Eden, they were given work to do And they liked it. It it was activity. And and part of that entertainment will be singing praise to God and, and, and just being part of that activity. And then the final thing that makes a good reception, a great reception, is people. And now when you think about a reception that you would throw and you know who you would want to be here, you know that really... (laughs) <laughs> that, and, and maybe you've been there, and I have in my life. I've been at a trashy venue with bad food, with below average entertainment, with good friends, and it's fun. And, and that's it. That, that is the beauty of it. Is, and, and that, as we look at heaven, it's that place where God is going to be and our brothers and sisters in Christ are going to be in perfection. And so there, there, there are those aspects of it. When you think about the banquet, um, I, I hope just talking about the, it gets me excited about going, and I hope it does for you as well. Unfortunately, not everyone sees it this way. And so we go to the next words. But they all alike began to make excuses. The first said, I have just bought a field and I must go and see it. Please excuse me. Another said, I have just bought five yoke of oxen and I'm on on my way to try them out. Please excuse me. Still another said, I just got married, so I can't come. Let's go to do the fill-in right away. And the, the first one is don't let the urgent... Don't let the urgent of life overshadow the important. And, and so, part of these, if you were to look at these, the, there's a certain urgency to this where, you know, I have a land deal going down, I have a new investment on my tractor, or whatever it is, or, or even when, when it has to do with getting married. I, I just went through this, so, you know, we're, we're newlyweds here. So, those can be kind of the urgent things of life. Don't let them overshadow the important. And then the the final or the second one is this, is an excuse simply reveals a relationship that doesn't exist. As I already said, I have one daughter who's married and another daughter who's engaged and going to be getting married. And, uh, And so if she asks me, dad, will you do the service? I'll have to say, I'll have to look at my calendar. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, if it's not during hunting season, that's first of all. Um, and also, you know, there's probably a number of other things that, um, that it probably wouldn't do the wedding and I wouldn't go. No, no, you say, you say yes, and then when it is, is irrelevant, because everything else in your life works around it that's the way it is and and you know this and 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 you know it can't be that way for everyone and 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 you understand that and but when it comes to this when you have a close relationship with someone and there is going to be the party the event the banquet uh that they are looking forward to and they are going to throw for for them you are going to be there and God willing, and the creek don't rise, right? Uh, We'll be there. And so, as we look at this, the excuses that are given on the previous page begin to show that lack of... They all began... Notice, they made excuses. You've been there before. You don't want to go. And since you don't want to go, you have to come up with the reason that's going to be good enough to explain why you're not going to do it because your real answer is i don't want to come i don't want to do this and so let's see what can i say um and and you go kind of through that list i'm not the only one who thinks that way am i please (laughs) yeah and and what this shows though is this it really is this banquet is about our relationship with god and really here's the deal is that there are four tastes of this banquet every day and a foretaste of this banquet is when you have the opportunity to take some quiet time with god's word and spend time with him and and that is one way that you start to to build the relationship Another way that, that you do this is a foretaste of heaven is the banquet that he, he throws in the Lord's Supper in Holy Communion. And, and in that forgiveness and, and receiving the bread and wine, it's what forgiveness tastes like. And, and it's beginning to understand that, that forgiveness that I have in Jesus. And, and each one of those become a foretaste of heaven They also build anticipation towards heaven and remind us that that is really what we are looking forward to. This is something that we don't wanna miss. This is what our lives are all about. When you look at the purpose of your life, it's all building to that moment when you get to go to the feast. He goes on, the servant came back and reported this. The servant has to go tell the master, then the owner of the house became angry and ordered his servant, go out quickly into the streets and alleys of the town and bring in the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. We'll do the fill-in right away. Heaven will be filled with, I don't like this fill that much, but marginalized. I don't like it because I never use the word. But it it is, those who live in the margins, Those that, that is a way that that category um, is is those who are the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame, the marginalized people that are hurt and forgotten by this world, by our world. If you do not think that you are in that category, you do not understand the words of Matthew chapter 5 that I read earlier today those words where where jesus is saying blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of god blessed are those who mourn for they will be comforted blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness because they will be filled that's who we are spiritually poor that that when we think of our our walk with christ that we are spiritually crippled that, that we're crippled by sin, that, that, that Paul explains that crippledness, that the good I want to do, I don't do, and the evil I don't want to do, that's what I keep on doing. Ever been there before? That's what it means to be crippled, crippled in, in living out what we want to live in our lives, that we are the hungry, that we are the thirsty, spiritually blind, and that invitation comes, and, and, and hear it clearly, that this invitation is for you. If you have brokenness in your life, if if you feel like this world has left you behind, or maybe even people that were close to you have left you behind, hear this clearly. Heaven is for you. This banquet is thrown for you. You have an invitation from Jesus himself. This makes me think of... uh, When someone asks me what Crosswalk is like, what's it like being pastor of Crosswalk? Because it's a little different from some of the pastors. I know what their uh, church is like. And if they said, how would you describe Crosswalk? And I'm I'm like, I don't know. Um, Finally, I came up with the example. It's like the land of misfit toys on Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. That's what it's like that that when you come up and, and you, you, there's this group of people and they're they're awesome and there's always there's always, there's some part of each one of us that's that's broken a little bit that that the the wheels are square the the the, the parts of it where where they need attention that i need attention a, as we go through life and and it's a place where we gather together and it's okay it's okay to have that brokenness but also to have Jesus who comes and fixes us. Jesus who, who comes and, and brings healing to us, or even in our weakness and our brokenness, that it's okay, that there's still a home for us and a place where we belong. And I hope that's how you feel, no matter where you are, no matter where you are, are hearing this message, there's a place for you here. No matter, no matter what the, the, the past is, that's why i go back to the song that they sing come all you Weird. I, i just i love that that song because it it gives that invitation to everyone who's hurting in so many different ways and again jesus is saying you found a home here in his family he goes on sir the servant said you what you ordered has been done but there's still room then the master told his servant, go out to the roads, the country lanes, and compel them to come in so that my house will be full. I tell you, not one of those who were invited will get a taste of my great banquet, of my banquet. So I, I don't know if you notice the wording that's used here, but if you read through a couple times, what you'll see is that there was the invitation list And and when you think of it kind of like the the circle of this table, the invitation list would have probably been a small circle. Then the next invitation was those who live in town. You know what? Those who are here in in the town, everyone here in in town is welcome. And when they did that, and they said, basically, we invited the whole town. We went in the alleys, the roads of, of town, and invited everyone. Then he said, you know what you need to do? You need to go out of town. You need to go out from the the normal people to even people we don't even know and and then we need to make sure they are are not only invited but they are compelled i hope you saw that word compel them to come tell them about the venue tell them about the food tell them about uh, the entertainment the activity but most of all tell them about the people Tell them who is going to be here and help them understand, you need to be at this banquet. And so as, as Jesus is saying this, that these groups that you could probably say, would the first group would be those who were good people, those who would you consider church people, maybe even people who would say, I don't think we're that broken, that, that that's not the church we are. We are the church of the perfect toys, the, the, the toys that everyone would want, still in the packaging and and they say we have no need for God but then as he goes the next group was really those other Jews who who understood their need for God and were broken and then finally it's to the world really it's in this last group that that most of us and all of us fit and that is who are are not part of the the nation of Israel those those to whom Jesus didn't initially come and what he's saying to you so that every person hears it is You are welcome here. There is a place for you. In the blank, you can can write, God compels us to come to his banquet. Today you are invited. God compels us to come to his banquet. Today you are invited. Take God up on his invitation. And so these, these last words, I understand, they are words of warning. So be warned. Be warned that that not having this time for God ultimately has consequences. Take the time now. Today is the day of invitation from God to to hear his word and to follow him. And the second thing that I don't want you to miss is the the thanksgiving aspect of this. This is a time, as we've said, that, that we we celebrate thanksgiving we we take time to maybe look at all of those gifts i I love what crosswalk kids did uh with those with those sticks and and the game that you can play at the table of going around and and just giving a, a subject line of okay in this category give thanks for something and all of us can do all of them uh without a doubt But it's also this time of thanksgiving as we do feed a family that we remember also those who are hurting that those who are struggling that that those who who maybe feel like they have been left behind a little bit it's the very people that jesus is talking about and so i don't know what that looks like in your life i don't know if that looks like uh being part of feed a family I don't know if this means going across the, the fence to your neighbor to see how they're doing or people in your community, I, d- I don't know necessarily. But, but individuals need to be invited. They need to be compelled as, as you have been to come here and hear God's word. And as part of your thanksgiving, it, it is my prayer that you will take that into your life and, and make these invitations, as you see brokenness, embrace it. And give thanks to God for the, for the invitation and the love that he shows to us. Let's pray. Dear Lord God, we thank you that we have been blessed. We have been blessed because our hunger and thirst has been filled by you. And so as we go from here today, help us to look forward to Thanksgiving and, and the time that we will have with, with family and friends. Uh, so we give thanks to you, Lord, for that. And for those who are struggling, help them to see that they have a family in, in your family as well, that they are loved by you, they are forgiven, and they truly, each one of us, has reason to give thanks for the spiritual gifts that we have in Jesus Christ. And, and finally, Lord, uh, just help us to, to live this thanks every day in our lives, amen.